copy, shift box. Okay, radio check. Yeah, radio is working fine. Yeah, copy all personnel. Yeah, copy, mate. The chair in the vet bag. Yeah, stitch her up there, thanks, mate. Yeah, right, copy that. Right, we've finally got the third, put the fourth wheel in. The main wheel. <laughs> the main wheel. What did you refer to him as the other week? Or maybe he doesn't want to know. The master blaster. Master blaster. Self, self-appointed. Yes, welcome, TK. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. Yeah, oh, we better introduce yourself since you're um, just bloody rocked up for the first time. All oh, right, well, I'm, I'm the one with the least hair, <laughs> the most idea, and, and in here quite regularly, so thanks for having me. Cheers. <laughs> Right, and the usual suspects, Andy and Tim. Welcome, lads. Thanks, Matt. How are you, Matt? I'm very good, thanks. Very good. good. Right, so what is uh, – we'll better start with Buddy Weary's uh, crystal ball economic outlook. Oh, um, Jesus. Coming off the Again. Fed, <laughs> the Fed <laughs> hiking the bloody rates last night. Uh, what's the go, mate? Give well, the it goss. was all go last night, Matt, because they hiked rates by uh, three-quarters of a percent, but uh, – uh, everything sort of responded favourably. So, you know, the market was up strong in the US, um, commodity prices rallied, and uh, it was mainly due to the uh, commentary from the uh, Federal Reserve Chairman who sort of indicated that um, the US economy's in for a soft landing, you know, and many would dispute that um, because all the data coming out, mainly inflationary and, you know, the so-called impact that's all going to have on GDP growth and uh, recession. Uh, But if they get out of this with a soft landing, um, you know, that'll be an an amazing result and, uh, you know, expect to see a bit of stabilisation in uh, in the market, especially in Australia. And perhaps with regard to um, commodity prices, which is more relevant to us, um, you know, we saw, for example, the copper price came back from $4.40 a pound uh, down into the low threes. That's still got a long way to go to recover back up to the highs. But, you know, I think you'll see commodity prices recover back up to perhaps not their uh, pre-high levels, but up to levels where, you know, it's going to be very supportive for share prices of uh, uh, resource-based companies. So the move last night was taken really positively. We've got another couple of months till you get the next round of economic data and and, you know, they've indicated there's going to be another rate rise, probably expected to be half a percent next time. But rates announced in the US are at 2.35%, so sort of at the mid-range of their uh, 3.4% target. And, uh, yeah, look, I, I you know, sceptical with regard to um, um, just how hard the landing will be in the US. You've, you've actually got GDP figures coming out tonight which will sort of indicate whether the US is technically in a recession, two negative quarters. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the market responds to that. But look, all in all, uh, we've seen a bit of a stabilisation in the market uh, in the last week or so. And uh, as the boys have seen, there's been a raft of little uh, small company uh, capital raisings oh, again. The tin, which, the tin is getting shaky. Oh, yeah, again. yeah, well and truly. Yeah. So they're, uh, uh, yeah, they're up and about again. So please define soft landing. Is it a media yeah. term or is it actually a technical no, thing no, like it, a recession? It, no, it's sort of a, it's it's very much a sort of media uh, term. You know, I suppose uh, uh, if we're going to see the economy have a real shit storm and uh, you know GDP to just get absolutely thumped on the back of uh, you know further increasing inf- inflation and uh, demand destruction through increasing interest rates, the US economy could hit pretty hard. But what they're hoping for is just a gradual slowdown rather than falling off the cliff. So if they achieve that result, 
game on. So, TK, you've come in at the most positive time of this podcast series because it's all typical. been Thanks, pretty yep. bloody shit <laughs> the, <laughs> the prior, prior to this. Uh, what's your bloody take on it all? Is it all – the Andy kept using the C word in all the um, last episodes, capitulation, <laughs> which we which we hasn't uh, hasn't we happened yet. No. Is no. it going to – do you well, think see, it will No, I don't. No, no, I think this from one week to the, to, to the next is quite extraordinary. This time last week, liquidity was nowhere. You couldn't actually sell or buy a share under a sort of 30 or 40 million dollar market cap this week as tim said there's been sort of seven or eight capital raisings from one firm in two days so i think that the lights have been turned back on how long that lasts i don't know because there's a whole host of money that was raised in the last 12 months that obviously those companies will be cap in hand in the next six to 12 months but i think people have taken the opportunity to raise some money so my view is i think that we're just sort of muddling through it at the moment I don't think we've seen the bottom, but I think we've started to see some sort of positivity come back to the markets. What what would strike at the bottom? What would um, it would it be a piece of um, a, a piece of data to come out? Well, or I think it's more you... about the expectation on rates. If rates look to be probably you know peaking, then you probably start to see the market stabilise, and that's really the key for me. Is that if rates start to look like they're not going to go up any further, then I think the market can start to react to fundamentals. But aren't they like a lot of these rate? Because they've been talking about these, you know, three quarter percent rate rises. They'd be pretty priced in at the moment. Do you think? I or think not? the market's saying it's priced in, but as long as inflation starts to get under control, then that's probably it. And the other thing too is there's so much more debt in the world. So you know, two or three percent move in interest rates does a lot more damage than what it used to do ten or fifteen years ago when rates were perhaps more towards double digits. And I know there's a lot of OCD people by me, but can't they raise it by? Another point one five, just to get it back to. I would have thought so. Oh, two, and two, two and a half, yeah, three. Yeah, like this like, can get quite confusing on the decimal point. It's so. yeah, bloody, bloody annoying. I yeah, think. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Right. Should we talk? Um, that's bloody. Uh, I'm going to worry. We will mix it up because this is bloody. He expects he's going to get the run every time at the he's start cool, with yeah, his bloody yeah, little. He's, oh, he's very solid. He's trying to turn my <laughs> microphone off as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> right. So there's been there's been a bit happening. Um, it'd be, I, I did like your. In Chieftain Chatter, that Arrow Energy raising um, was it three hundred fifty grand yeah. to bloody yeah. pay yeah. pay the rent and uh, probably for fees. diggers, probably yeah. get them to diggers this year. Actually, <laughs> so they'll be raising the week up to digger probably. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, I guess one of the big ones that we spoke about in the last one was that Waluna Mining um, raised <laughs> did a little emergency raise and then. Apparently that was good for fuck all, and they went into administration a week later. So. <laughs> it was. Um yeah, was, it's terrible for the industry. I mean, really, I think it was about four weeks from when they did raise that capital, yeah, which I think was 60 around mil. 60 yeah, mil yeah. and um, just went into a big black hole and calling the administrators in. So uh, There was a fair bit of conversion and debt in that 62. There was some, there it was wasn't some straight cash. Yeah. But there was still a bit of ca- fair yeah. bit of cash in there. Yeah. I mean, burn cut and stuff put yeah. in. Well, you know, they converted some of their debt yeah. into raising that. But, um, regardless, I mean, anyone that had put money into that, you, oh, you know, you've absolutely. just posted it. Again, sort of thing. So, but, you know, you look at it like, you know, a decade ago when Mark Ashley had Apex Minerals, I think they torched $200 million. Oh, $400 million. $400 million. Three to 400 so, and, and I think Walloon has yeah. done another 300 so it's ex- Yeah, it's extraordinary how these things keep getting recycled <sighs> and the money just keeps disappearing. Yeah, well, Milan, he, what did he put in? Seven, six, seven hundred yeah, grand on his way out in, yeah. into that raising as Absolutely. well. So. I think the major shareholders, that, you know, they've um, – 
the German Fundelfi. Um, I mean, those I think those boys ended up with about 25-30% at the end, having put in, I think, 12 into that last race sort of thing. So, what what is the? Um, um, I, I saw the key one of the key terms of the announcement was um, it's going to be business as usual. Did you notice that? <laughs> Which I, I think which all, I, I think administration was going to be businesses operated as Until business as usual. Yeah. yeah, so I'm not it's sure. Are they still are they still the mining? Administrators don't get paid. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. yeah, well there you go. So uh, and would you? I know we won't um, spend too much time on it. Well, we are now. Um, <laughs> It, it, it is it, for an operation like that to succeed and stop bloody sucking the money out of all these uh, capital raisings. Would it just you, you'd, you'd need like a big, big gold price to make it worthwhile? I, I, I or think so. It- yeah, I, I, it's a combination: a big gold price and I, I suppose really first-class operators. There's no doubt the mineral endowments there. You know, there's five million ounce resources. It's just never been able to be economically extracted. Um, and and over the journey, you know, you've got refractory issues that, you know, they had the bugs in there originally, and looking at now looking at you know they were looking at reducing a concentrate to sell sort of thing. But it's you know the, the reality is even though you know gold prices you know two and a half thousand dollars Aussie, you know, it's still not making any money. And um, you know, unfortunately, you know, for shareholders, that's you know that's the reality. So at five thousand bucks an ounce, yeah, like might be a chance, but. Um, I think anyone putting more money into this, you know, will ha- will have to have a you know a very very close look at it. And Five thousand bucks an ounce. <laughs> you heard it here first. I'm bullish. That's why I put the run sheet out today because I didn't put the old Dorothy Dixon on you with uh, Waluna <laughs> on the last one. <laughs> well, there we cover that. So uh, yep. another. Uh, uh, the co- anyone that hits a bit of bloody copper or is perceived to have hit a bit of copper in a drill hole seems to absolutely go off their bloody head at the moment. So we had you obviously had Tempest. They yep. shot up to twenty cents. They're back at four now. That yep. Colpio they went off, and then we've had uh, Cobra as Cobra, well. Yes. That went doubled the other day. Well, I who's mean, the Cobra the, expert. Who's well, uh, I'm not the expert, but I certainly with Martin Holland, who's the MD of Cobra. He was obviously MD of Kidman before it got taken out by West Farmers. So there's a you know good track record there of creating shareholder value. So maybe this is his next one. Who knows? I mean, yeah. interesting. You know, Metal Tigers in there with 25. percent So this was a. I think they've they've got all the ground along strike from Sandfire's but Bassetto project. That's yeah. you know uh they're currently building at the yeah currently building at the moment yep um so it's a big sort of land package which is why metal tiger went in there they liked that that ground and they've drilled um you know one hole that's intersected it looks like sort of 50 odd meters of sulfide mineralization we don't have a uh, handle on grade though they did put an xrf sort of chart in in their announcement and they're in a trading hole today pending you know more drilling results sort of thing so you know yep. big scale you know they they were i think they you know, they were previously, you know, 20 cents. They've gone all the way down to four cents with this sell-off, um, you know, and bounced strongly on big volume up to 10 cents. I think they had about an eight million market cap at the yeah. moment, so it's pretty small. I think uh, Terry Grammer was yeah. inst- instrumental. Terry died last year yeah. or the year before, but he was, he's was he been a very successful geologist over his journey, yeah. over the journey. So he, uh, yep. but he died, unfortunately, a couple of years ago. So, so Botswana's become a bit of a copper hotspot. Is it, or is there many other projects? So you've got uh, sand, a, sand fire as well. Yeah, well, Sandfire developing, you know, the, the, the mod project, and they had their conference call today that, you know, that's hopefully they're commissioning that, I think, early 24, but they'll be spending, you know, sort of a circa $150 million and to take it, you know, initially three and a half million tonnes, but looking to taking that to over five sort of thing. So, you know, there is a, you know, there is a you know, that, that main sort of Kalahari copper belt, um, 
going through lots of, lots of copper in that. Um, you know, years ago, Discovery. Discovery raised a lot of money. A lot of money, and yeah. Unfortunately, fell into trouble. Dif- more difficult times, macro, in terms of copper price. Yeah. But uh, they raised a lot of money on, on it. And yeah. private equity bought them out, and I think it's made a reasonable fist of it. Yep. So. Yep. Noronex, they're in that belt? Yeah, they're in that belt as well. Yeah. A long strike Junior. from... Uh, um, from Sandfire as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. They, they definitely seem to be um, the copper explorers. Anyone that's hitting a glimpse of it is very, they're very, um, very sensitive to market movements, aren't they? They're, yeah. They're, everyone yeah. wants to get on board. Very with difficult the big to com- find good copper projects on the ASX, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess what are you be um, like investing globally? Um, yeah, like is, who are your big sort of players in the copper space? So your Freeport, your- Freeport, McMoran, yeah. Uh, and obviously Minerals. BHP Rio, yeah. but yeah, Oz like yeah. Minerals on it. Yes, yeah. Glencore obviously, yeah. uh, um, Friedland. Um, you know, he's know. got that enormous project with uh, in the Congo, uh, yep. Kamoa. That's uh, and then yeah, multi. You know, the big multinational mm. sort of thing. I'll have to do a, a little episode on how to invest in international shares. There, there's a bloody. Do you want to give any broking advices? If you'd let us know how to do it, that'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so what, are, what are we down to at the moment? There, what is it? Sub four dollars a pound. Yeah. Three fifty. Oh, three thirty. Three forty. Yep. Overnight. Yeah, overnight. Yeah, yep. Yep. And. and, and and Goldman haven't come out to with um, any hundred thousand dollar a ton recommendations in the last no. week, but give it time. It's been a little <laughs> quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is what? What do you think is going to be the turnaround with the copper price? Is it um, purely based on the global threat of um, global growth decline? Yeah, it's, I think um, recession is that the most sensitive commodity to receding because it, it's always the bellwether for the world economy. So if recession mm-hmm. fears start to recede, you'll start to see the copper price pick up. Yeah. Chinese economy, you know, yeah. sort of them. If they come out and relax their, you know, sort of COVID uh, tolerance policy, which is zero at the moment, you know, I think that'll be good for the likes of the copper price. Um, just, you know, from a cost of production perspective, you know, when it's getting down into the low threes, a lot of projects become pretty marginal. I would have thought, Andy. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, especially some of the smaller guys that don't have yeah. economies of scale or the, but you know, over the, you know, the, the macro trend of. Uh, you know, grade decreasing across all these projects. Um, absolutely. I mean, we saw in the last quarterly, um, you know, things like uh, Oz Minerals up uh, increase their guidance. They're still sort of uh, increase their cost guidance. They're yeah. still, you know, yep. genera- generating good cash. Sandfire, um, you know, with, with the Matza acquisition in, in Spain, you know, those electricity prices really impacted. Um, when, when they first acquired, it looks like the price have stabilised. But there's, I think they're still guiding sort of, Circa US, you know, one seventy a pound. Yeah. Um, all, all up for next year as Degrusa winds down. So, um, yeah, it will certainly start eating into the cost curve. Yeah. And yeah. and just it, it's more about pro- probably incentivising projects. At, at, you know, when people are talking about um, you know funding and what, what copper price are required to get into production. What uh, about someone like A One? You know, who uh, yeah. I know it's on the run sheet here, but yep. uh, um, you know they came out with their quarterly and. Uh, uh, you know, they're at the higher end of the cost. They're, they're sort of they're higher end. They're smaller scale, aren't they? Yeah. Well, they? They were about, what was it, four, four fifty a pound cost? Yeah, yeah, there was a couple yep. of one-offs in that. Um, they did spend some capital on a tailing stand lift and all that sort of thing. Um, uh, but but similarly, they, you know, they are medium to high cost, but they did generate some reasonable cash. And I mean, the pleasing, you know, their balance sheet's in good shape. They've got 30 in cash with no debt. So they can weather this storm sort of thing. And it's probably like, 
you know, there's not much you can do. You know, it's it's a reasonably high fixed cost operation. And they had so to uh, had to replace the kitchen knife, didn't they? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, old mate, bloody chopped, uh, chopped the finger, finger off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One poor bastard got his finger, so that was a. Oh, we've been on Friday fish and chip night. No, yeah. I don't think they're filled in mush fish up there because she ain't fresh. Up the old bloody Chinese perch. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're pretty. I've given up, especially yeah, if they, oh, they actually had crumb fish the other week. It was like it's normally battered, bloody right. battered ties. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but she was crumb. It was bloody not. Oh, I don't mind the old crumb fish. And they, yeah. they actually do yeah. the old takeaway fish and chip um, oh, thing. Right. So you yeah. take it to the in the pub newspaper. And, yeah. or, uh, no, I think it's a, the butcher's paper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Speaking okay. of chopping fingers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is, it, is the taco pretty good where you are? Oh, sensational. Is it? Yeah. No, I'm not giving them any more plugs because they're northern star are too tight so they don't pay me <laughs> in, so I'm not, not done enough promoting there oh, yeah, no the food is good and it's yeah. free so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So, they look after you <laughs> uh, what bloody oh right now Goss Goss now we'll call this segment a bit of word on the decline because it's probably not <laughs> no, it's probably probably not much um uh, that's been released since we last talked about it but the Goss on Genesis St Barbara what's the vibe um yeah, and oh, we'll keep, I don't know because we keep pointing at Andy because yeah, he's the yeah. one that's been put on the map, especially with the copper series, the, yeah. the copper episode yeah, of the battery man. It's, it's, it's gone viral. He's okay. a global sensation. <laughs> uh, to be fair, people are probably uh, sick to death of my voice. So I might throw it to TK. Yeah, <laughs> what's the gossip? Oh, I mean, I'm sure look, there'll be a bit of gossip diggers once yeah. you're all oh, got a gut full of piss I in think like if you look at it strategically, you've got you know now Genesis is tied up with Dacian. You've gone, you know, tick. They bought they bought some infrastructure pretty cheaply. You've got the Gwalior Mill there um, that's underutilised at the moment. They're looking at expanding that to bring in some of that Bardock, Zastrian ore and all that. And you've got Genesis there with, you know, an A1 management team and and project that, you know, should at some stage all those three companies be together? Absolutely. You so know, with, what, what's, happens, the big, what's the big advantage for, say, Genesis um Taking over merger of vehicles, however you want to use it, it's bloody. Oh. T- is it is it the milling capacity? Oh, it's the milling the capacity, and yeah. so, like it, you know, for Genesis to, to say and to build their own pro, you know, their own mill, you're looking at probably a couple hundred million, you know, yeah. and and, they, and they've got you know publicly stated their desire to become a mid cap, circa three hundred thousand ounce producer from two operations sort of thing. So, um, you know, that sort of fits in nicely with you know you got your Dacian mill there at sort of three million tons and. The Gualia mill there, and can you do something smart in terms of truck the high grade Ulysses ore to Gualia, um, do something with the Dacia, and explore that whole belt as under one one owner, one yeah. owner. Um, but St Barbara have got their own, you know, external issues as well in terms of Simbiri project plus the Atlantic stuff, which they acquired a couple of years ago for eight hundred million. That you know, hasn't really performed and requires, you know. Well, they didn't the learn from the Solomon Islands ones and no, stuff back shit. in the day, did yeah. they? <laughs> yeah, so, so, so that's, you know, that's been hard. And, um, you know, Gwaila's been, you know, has really been kept that business alive. Yeah. It's getting deeper. Um, so hence you can't, um, you know, need other raw sources to, to fill that mill. But um, Do you see much potential at all in investing capital into Gwalia with like, you know, the, the, the shafts that never got put in, like, because it's getting bloody deep there, or is that um, going to be well, not, did, not they, a high priority? Yeah, they did look at that, but it was um, under Bob Vassy sort of thing and ended up, uh, couldn't couldn't make an economic case for it and ended up doing the, um, you know, pushing on well, the... It sounded like you, they needed to prove up more and as they yeah. proved up more, it got deeper and deeper uh, uh, and uh, just got And away. you'd have to say in this, in this environment, then, you know, putting in a shaft... Uh, that would be uneconomic. 
Yep. Just with that cost inflation. Do you reckon a likely transaction, though, Andy, uh, the, uh, Genesis going to go in and acquire St. Barbara Holus Bolus, do you think? I mean, because as you say, they're not really going to want Atlantic or Simberi. So how, how, how did, what's the most likely way this is going to play out, do you reckon? No idea. Would there be an Atlantic spin-off? Uh, yeah, well, look, they, they, I mean, St. Barbara have publicly stated that they've had interest on Simbiri, you know, mm. so they've set up, a, I presume, a data room or they've had strategic interest. Um, and, and, and um, you know, with Atlantic, does, could a North American company, you know, North American-focused potentially buy that? Absolutely sort of thing. But with all these things, there's lots of always moving parts and always... Um, uh, you know what's 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 the best deal? I think in terms of who do you want running these projects and what's the what's the benefits for both shareholders? So, so why was Simberi going to shit? What's the oh today? they mind? Um, like so they had the, the oxide did it did make some money, but now it's all about um, you know the sulphide project and looking yep. and the capex to build that project is blown out. Um, you know it's a remote island. You know you've had um, obviously the cost pressures and all those sorts of things. You know you've saw saw, saw another one with. Um, Geo Pacific, um, which are on Woodlark Island, you know they pulled the st- stop building that sort of a year ago. Put that into you know and they'd already spent sort of fifty or sixty um, million bucks on that. So I think yeah. So Simbiri, I think did, did make reasonable money um, at, at a time, but then to reinvest, um, you know, to spend another couple of hundred million for the sulphide, uh, I think you know shareholders were sort of a, without seeing the returns and and just the issues of you know building a project in this sort of environment. God, whoever comes up with a good sulphide extraction method is going to make a fortune in this place. <laughs> but in our, our best performing gold stock has been Capricorn this year. And you look at it and you don't discount the Mark Clark factor as a management team and they're unique, these guys. So that's why Rally and his team, they're unique beasts. They've actually got a very low uh, salary structure. It's all equity and performance based. And you look at it, you go, those guys that want to back themselves, you've actually got to back them. And a lot of the time you've got to close your eyes and just say, hey, we're going to go with you. But St. Barbara trades at, what, a quarter to a third of the reserve ounce price yeah, of its not, peers? if not more. Yeah, and I mean, it's got six million ounces of yeah. reserves and the market is valuing yeah. it essentially like, you know, on a like-for-like yeah. basis, absolutely. It's probably yeah. a fifth or a sixth yeah. of Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's been what? cheap for a long while, mate. So mm. there's something going wrong. Yeah. So is that one on the very lower end of what companies are trading per? Yeah, in terms ounces. of the, the the multiples that the market yeah. ascribes to yeah. these to, to these, you know, these are defined reserve ounces, but the market clearly goes well. They're bloody hard to get out. Well, they're hard to get out, or yeah. they're, they're they're marginal. And if you look at their last quarter, I think they're all in cost were sort of circa two thousand bucks an ounce. So, um, yep. you know, you you are not making much money. No, there you go. Well, we haven't got a definitive answer on word on the oh, decline, no. it appears. Yeah, I, I, post diggers one will be good. Post diggers, yeah. but, but the like, other thing what, is, you know, who, 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 was their, <laughs> who was running there? Yeah, I'll do a live stream. Who's running their mouth in cow? <laughs> <laughs> right on the line tonight, Julie Bishop. That's made a way into the mining industry um, in <laughs> unique fashion, you'd say. Who wants to comment without getting well, well, in shit? My, my, <laughs> my, my, big, my big takeaway from that, I think, on a on a uh, employee pro rata basis, it's probably got the most amount of hair straighteners you've ever seen in a, in a corporate <laughs> office. That was an extraordinary part for me. It wouldn't do me any good, but uh, that was a key takeaway for gender diversity and gender balance. Who wants to provide a bit of context on uh, this well, whole yeah, video uh, so, for mineral uh, resources? Mi- mineral resources have just uh, constructed a, uh, a a new flash office offering uh, everything from, as Tico says, hair straighteners <laughs> to, you know, this end of trip 
stuff where they, you know, dry everything and provide everything and <laughs> in-house cafe. So in an effort to attract uh, uh, people to join Minres, um, they uh, entrusted... In-house barista and stuff. Yeah, yeah in-house barista. barista, entrusted yeah. Julie Bishop, Bishop who's uh, uh, an ambassador for Minres, to do a seven-minute uh, video talking about the pros of this new building in an effort to... Uh, try and attract uh, people to come work for them, I assume. Yeah. Um, it was all a bit cheesy, but um, it provided a fair bit of humour uh, around the traps, and I'm sure we'll I'll, uh, score a mention at Diggers, but, uh, yeah, a bit of a lame I, attempt. I, I, I mean, to be fair, the building looks pretty amazing. I mean, uh, what they've spent on that, you know, with the, the whole gym and the um, spa and steam oh, no, rooms it's all and very, everything like that. When the, you the, compare the it to and, uh, what we're looking at, one dunny for 30 <laughs> bucks, it's, uh, it's, 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 you it's be pretty grandiose. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take your phone in there. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be putting my resume in. Oh. So, so there's a term we use underground and it's called fucking the dog, which I reckon is what everyone's going to be doing there because there's not much bloody work going on. There's <laughs> baristas and hair straighteners, but it's like far out. Is there any going to be work going, happening yeah, there? Uh, yeah. And, and you can speak to Hugh Jackman as well. He, he zoomed in from the US. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. oh, there you go. Yeah, well, I'll check that one out, everyone. I'll assume yeah. it'll be on YouTube or some of the MinRes website. Cheap and chatter. Yeah, make sure you subscribe. Right, um, we'll get into uh, Oh yeah, my, my little mate's at Labyrinth. Oh, yeah, full disclosure, I own a fuck ton of them. So <laughs> that's funny. I better be, but I thought I'd uh, hit you up about it. Um. For, before we get in, they released some um, drill results this week. They're going deep. But what's the what's the what's the views, Goss, on the Canadian gold mining landscape? Well, I suppose the, the gold market there at the junior and it's a bit like here, it's difficult at the moment. Mm. But we met met a year ago, I suppose, yeah. and um, suffice to say, we we were super you know super impressed with him and you know just leaving Northern Star and taking the reins here. So he was unbelievable the way you know he was going to go about it and he had a three to five year plan of what he wanted to do but as you said before we started fully in, in intention to get into the market and uh, and actually produce gold so it wasn't yeah. a corporate play he actually wants to develop a project so and you know he's got the skill set to do that clearly but um yeah it's yeah a- i mean there was a nice it was a great hit and down dip from their sort of previous one i think it was 150 meters down mm. deep nice high grades i think the market in, in this type of environment we're in, the market really wants to see some sort of quantifiable. They want to see a resource so they can go, well, okay, how does that look yeah. compared to, you know, I don't know, so, uh, an Orteco or something, which is probably, you know, a similar Canadian mm. peer, um, obviously more advanced. They've got the Pickle Creek with a couple of million ounces sort of thing. Um, you know, a like-for-like like basis type thing. So I think, you know, when, when Labyrinth can, you know, I think they're saying they have plenty to have a resource out this quarter, yeah. um, then that, that will at least be a sort of a line in the, Sand where you can say, okay, well that's a, that's a great starting point. It's got the you know these are the characteristics, but I think it's capped, capped at fifteen million, so you're really not paying much for that. But there's you know there's a lot of things in that zone, and I think the Canadian market has become a little bit harder for um, for the Australian guys to get get recognition because there's you know been so much capital raised over here, and one that we you know covered and used to own were Matador. You know they've come from they've sort of peeled off from fifty cents to twelve cents sort of thing, even though they've got you know, you could argue, you know, a fantastic land position in Newfoundland with yep. a resource of 800,000 yep. ounces, a good management team, all those sorts of things. So, um, you know, it is tough to get noticed. I what what yeah. is the difficulties over there? In um, Is it the 
What 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 separates it from doing it in Australia besides being bloody shitloads of snow on the ground after the year? Like, is it climate challenges? What's the some of the big challenges I, over I think, there? Or just the tyranny of distance? Like, um, and I think if you look back in history and say, you know, which Australian companies have been really successful in Canada? Yeah, it's bloody hard to think of. Like, mm. and I'm sure there are ones, but I mean, if you look in, you know, Northern Star with the Pogo, you know, fantastic acquisition, but you know, the operation is probably now after what three years mm. hitting a it, hitting its strap. So it's yeah. like yeah. taking a lot of time, a lot of management time. Well, it's a, a and it's a cultural change. You always see, you, you hear that all the time. That culturally, yeah. very difficult yeah. to change the mindset. Yeah, and you know, you hear anyone that goes across there from Northern Star or Aussie Gold Miners and say, look, you can talk and talk and talk. But they're set in their ways. Yeah. So and that's probably a big part of it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I suppose you know evolution with Red Lake. Yeah. You know they've pushed pushed out there, you know, increase their cost guides. You know Silver Lake's now taken over Hartay and the sort of the markets. Um, you know the jury's out on that, but they they haven't paid much for it. But even even it's just hard, I think, getting traction for the juniors over there because the market goes. You know we can't really you know, or you can hop on a plane and go and see it, but 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 really just to get the. Um, mm. And also for, for a junior like Matt, you know, like the operationally he's there, but from a marketing holistic perspective, he's here. So what do you want to do? Do you want to market the stock or do you want to run the business properly? And, mm. you know, our view would be that you'd probably go there and actually get the business going correctly in, in the right fashion. So there's a real strategy and there's a real platform to grow and then do the marketing. So you get the back of house done first, really. But it's a difficult for for you know time zone wise, yeah. and it's a difficult. Oh, it's a twenty four hour job because you're bloody yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 calling you at bloody three o'clock and, and, and in the morning. And there's always that niggling question of it's so good. Why have the well, Canadians well, got yeah? Why have yeah. listed it there? So yeah, yeah. I think because uh, the sound like the, the another word on the decline. What was the conference they had over there recently? A PDAC. PDAC. Mm. And um, that around that region, the a lot of the Canadian companies are saying that everything sort of opens up sub 500 metres. Yeah. Like the, yeah. the a lot of the ore bodies once you hit, and that, yeah. cause that's where they're targeting on the drilling. Because yep. you see some of the, you, they put up a cross-section of, you know, the that Kerr-Addison, a lot of the adjacent yep. mines, and they sort of go down deep. But then, yep. then comes the challenge of capital investment yes. to get down there. You can't Absolutely. just, um, yeah, can't just drop a little yeah. raise ball down and free fall, unfortunately. So... <laughs> Yeah, cool. What? Right. Uh, we'll get get into the dirty stuff. Bit of bit of coal. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah. sort of Whitehaven and making a bloody shit ton of money. Yeah. Much to everyone's just some um, of these uh, yeah, old energy companies, Matt, are really uh, you know that are actually producers the the oil and gas guys, and uh, but particularly some of these Aussie coal companies. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, if you're re referring to uh, Whitehaven Coal, they gave a, a bit of guidance uh, last week where they, they said they're going to do a whopping $3 billion in earnings for, uh, uh, for FY22. And uh, post that, they'll have a billion in cash, and that's even after doing a $360 million or 10% share buyback. So their, their um, average coal price achieved for the quarter was 514 bucks a tonne. And uh, I remember when it was like in the hundreds. Yeah, that's right. That's, <laughs> that's right. That and, is and unbelievable. For the, for the full year, it's going to be in, in, around about three hundred and thirty bucks a ton that they'll average. So, and you know, they talk about their operating costs uh, being at the higher end of the range of sort of eighty to eighty-five bucks a ton. Mm. I mean, these companies are absolutely printing money at the moment. So, um, you know, I would envisage shareholders are going to be the beneficiary of a uh, massive dividend there yeah. at some stage. How long this all continues for, who knows, but uh, uh, 
um, yeah, at the moment, these these coal companies, and you know, there, there's all this. You know, you've got got all the, the the new world energy, which we will ultimately transition to, but it, it's going to take oh, a bloody take long time, time yeah. and it's going to take a lot of old world energy yeah. to to fuel this. But so, there will always need to be the the base load, a, a base, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. yeah there you cannot yeah, that's rely. right. And and you know, you look at the energy shortage in the world at the moment. Um, you know, they're cranking up in Germany, cranking up old coal-fired power stations. So it's not going away in a hurry. So uh, you got to uh, you got to feel for them in a way because it's like they're like, oh, we're making shitloads of money, but like uh, we're not allowed to really talk about it because we're correct. coal. Correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like there's yeah, this, the whole yeah. stigma against them. Yep. Like it's like you made heaps and you're evil. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah that's like the right. poor no, bastards. No, yeah. no, no, you're dead right. And uh, I, I think there needs to be a bit of balance to this argument because. Uh, uh, you know, look, ultimately, yes, we have to, you know, switch to a more renewable source. But in the in the meantime, uh, you know, the, you can't ignore these companies that, uh, uh, while the demands there are going to c- continue to make uh, enormous earnings out of the, you know, the what's considered to be a, uh, a very environmentally uh, unfriendly uh, product, Absolutely. but it's what's fueling the world, and uh, it's going to be around for some time to oh, come. Oh yeah, definitely. What um and what what's been the big driver in this $500 odd coal price it, it's uh yeah it's so it's it's largely uh y- you know the demand has has out of china um uh, as you know continues to grow and uh uh you know globally with the energy shortage that we're currently experiencing it, you know it's got to the point where thermal coal prices are uh, almost exceeding met coal prices and uh which we've never really seen um and uh, yeah, so it's probably um, uh, you know a good cue for that underlying economic strength around the world is is pretty good because the demand for these commodities has uh, been particularly robust. So you know, and as evidenced by the oil price as well, which is still just on or about a hundred bucks a barrel. Um, you know, but we probably see that staying there if not yeah. going further north in the short term. Uh, next is <laughs> bloody. I actually looked at that one. I'm like, oh, what was that about? London LM8, London Metals. That's uh, oh, that was. I, I it mean, was on the chatter. Probably, it was on the chatter. Uh, and yeah, I thought, yeah. Hey, bloody, I, I, I did refer to it because they they uh, they put out a nice intersection last week, uh, and and it was an infill uh, drill result that the, they uh, gave out from their Baker deposit, which was. Uh, I think it was sort of 20-odd metres at just under 7% nickel with a bit of uh, copper and uh, uh, some PGEs in it. Um, but, yeah, London's been a bit of a star performer and uh, they've got a nice resource there. And I just think, you know, it's an emerging nickel play, and, Andy, you know it better than I, but, you know, they've got a, a resource there of 2.2 million tonnes at just under 3%. Um, which, you know, that resource has plenty of potential to grow. But, you know, I, I just think it's probably one that, you know, could potentially, uh, you know, be a be a producer uh, yeah, in, in the next part of the yeah. cycle. I, I, so I where's the, bro, give us a bit of context. Where's this uh, oh, It's, it's down in the Cambauda region. So they, they were an IPO a year ago, 12, yeah, 18 yeah, months yeah, ago. Yeah, and yeah. and um, this is ground that's uh, gold... Uh, Goldfields have had. Goldfields had, yeah, just had for years. The gold rights. Yeah, had had the gold rights, yeah. and um, no one could. Do, basically, nickel hasn't been explored for twenty years, sort of thing. And I so suppose originally in Mincor, wasn't it back in the day uh, or not? No, I no. don't think so. Yeah, anyway, anyway, yeah. yeah. So they IPO'd on a pretty low with 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 a 
you know, modest resource-based sort of thing and uh, I think they raised 15 or yeah. 20 and yeah. um, gone about aggressively drilling it, had some exploration success and then they bought the ground next door as well. Yeah. Um, Goldfields were a ma um, major shareholder uh, at St Ives, so they've been – and I suppose, you know, in context you've seen the success that Mincor's had from – you know, from two to three years ago when they had the Cassini discovery and that really transformed their business and now they're a billion-dollar market cap company and yep. into production and all that. And I suppose the, the hope is that London can sort of repeat, you know, that success and there's no better place to explore than um, than down in Cambodia, which, uh, you know, as we know, you know, fantastic history of nickel production and, and importantly, high-grade nickel production. And you've got the, you know, uh, BHP smelt concentrator there as well. So... It's one of those juniors that you sort of think, well, out of all, and they're a, a real chance to to uh, take that leap from exploration into production. Yep. Uh, and while we're in that area, uh, Steve Norregard's Widgie yep. Nickel. Uh, so they released another hit as well this week, and they're down that. So they're a bit further south. A bit down further south, Nuka. yeah. So that, but so, uh, yeah, similarly, uh, very nice Mount, here as well. Mount Gillet, is it Gillet or Gillet? Gillet. I was thinking the razor. Bit like this podcast, razor sharp. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, but and because the thing I like about him, he's a another. He's an operator as yes. well. Big, yeah. big Similarly, history yeah. and contract and, uh, mining and heavily. Obviously, yeah. the um, he's enjoying. I think he's enjoying being the top dog now. Widgie instead of second fiddle at Westgold. Yeah, think, um, yeah. which is. But he's a, he's another one who'd be looking to. Oh, he absolutely. Ain't, he ain't looking to get taken. No, no. And, and the good thing going. was they raised yeah. twenty million, and so I given him a you know clear runway to to really drill aggressively for two years with a with a view to coming out with a. Uh, you know, a mine plan at end of next year, sort of thing, was really their, their sort of yeah. target. Well, they are very, they are very firm at the IPO. You know, we are not going to be racing into production. We're going to be, you know, spending a lot of money on the drill bit, which they have been. And um, you know, it's amazing that the more you drill, the more you find. Mm. You know, it's, um, now with um, I guess grades, tonnages, underground, open pit for nickel. Like is. Um, What's what's the guy good like? What's you said like you know three percent resource and <laughs> yeah. stuff like what's what's your good numbers for everyone out like annual like tonnage outputs for nickel like what's some good good figures to look at for these companies? Well, uh, you know uh, the, that result that uh, uh, London put out was a phenomenal result, but sort of anything sort of north of two percent, Andy. Yeah, you know absolutely. You yeah. know is considered yeah. to be. Uh, viable I think Mincor's uh, reserve grade, yeah, two and a half percent sort of thing, was, is, yeah, yeah yep. is is pretty good. And I suppose you look at something like a Nova, which has obviously got the polymetallic credits, but they produce twenty five to thirty thousand tons of of, of nickel, um, you know, plus sort of ten thousand tons of copper, if not a bit more, um, sort of thing. So and and they're all, you know, they're all in costs of sort of circa two dollars a pound with the copper credit sort of thing. So. That's the type of thing, you know, and and they're hard to find, you know, they're, you know, really, Absolutely. Re you know, gen genuinely hard to find. So there's... Um, and what about open, open pit versus underground, The um, your grade? Like, you know, is 2% two, two just as good for underground as it is for open pit? Obviously, yeah, open pit, I mean, there's, pit, there's, there's, I'm trying to think of the open pit sulphide... Um, you know, I mean, Panoramic or Savannah started off as an open pit sort of thing, but, but that only went, you know, they went down to a couple hundred metres and now mm. they're underground sort of thing. So there's not a... You know, I, I suppose the open pity, you're looking more at the laterites or the, um, you know, the saprolite deposits, say like a nickel mines up in mm. Indonesia where, you know, you're at sort of 1% nickel or 0.8%. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, Murrin Murrin and those sorts of ones were always sort of around What's that. What's Keith? Is that a sulphide deposit? Uh, that is a sulphide, but it's... It's it's a low grade massive yeah low low grade massive tonnage I think yep. it's like five hundred million tons at 
half point four five percent I I see another one. I think we've already talked about that one. We sort of covered off on that one. The copper producer over in uh, that's the Eloise deposit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on facing a bit of cost pressures, as you said at the yeah, yeah, but but doing a really good job and you know great management teams. And they're in a bit of. I'm not used to having a list of a run sheet. I usually just make shit up on the guards. It's fucking putting me off a bit, actually. Where are we going? Too organised. Yeah, but, but A1 are in good position, you know, from an acquisition perspective. You know, they're the ones that have got the operation there and there's players them around them that are going to need it. So, uh, you know, they're pretty much in pole position. And in, as Andy said, you know, they've got money in the bank um, and they've got, you know, they've got some value in their paper where they could go out and do a smart acquisition yeah. in that yep. region. Yeah, he said, we had a call with him the other day and he said, up until the last month, no one returned his call. People that he was sort of targeting to say, hey, that could make one and one could make three. He said, you wouldn't even get a call back. Yep. He said, this little market eruption has now caused them to start to reach out to him. Mm. So it's quite positive for um, acquisitions. Yeah. So yeah, just looking at the board, the Sierra Rojo, to see, see the winner of the... Uh, oh, <laughs> you better explain the background of the Sierra yeah. Rojo. Uh, so this, this, is a Lucas, this is a Lucas spin-off. So that, they own the Sierra Rojo mine in um, Sierra Leone yep. that they bought for $350 million a few years ago and they've ended up in specie distribution to their shareholders. So yeah. every... Luke had 20,000 shareholders, yeah. they've given it off and they floated on uh, Wednesday. Yeah, on a one-for-one one basis. So one-for-one, one, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, and we had to pick the opening price and uh, yeah. guess who lost? Yeah. <laughs> I've got to buy a lot of tickets. You oh, don't have to buy a lot of tickets. <laughs> Came on at 45, so, uh, oh, sorry, that, oh, that's me at the top. Anyhow, <laughs> 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 I'm moving right along. Oh, yeah, right, he's got any other bloody, uh, any ones that I didn't put on the list for my own interest um, but <laughs> that you want to chuck in or... Nothing's happened today, yeah. I don't think. I don't all yeah. fucking jump in at once. <laughs> can, we, can we talk about the Dockers? <laughs> oh, mate, this is your time to shine. <laughs> Make the most of it. Um, you can talk about your multi the other week where you cashed out locally. Uh, oh, yeah. Can, can, what was it? Well, kangaroos uh, into... Andy's the president of North Melbourne Supporters <laughs> Club locally. So out of a favour, he my back North Melbourne into the Dockers at, at 12 bucks. Kangaroos. The beat up for our second win of the game. For uh, second win of the, the season. I mean, to beat and uh, by and large, I went to the Dockers and uh, they were in front in the first quarter and I cashed out it with nine bucks. So basically came out in front, but the oh, Dockers yeah. went on to lose against Sydney. So it wasn't real good. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to give the fund a plug? What do you give Precision a plug? Jeez, you'd be mad not to. Yeah, do I, do no, I get a percentage of new investments? Yeah, no, like, no. Yeah, pre uh, precision's doing well at the moment. We sort of, uh, you know, the, the writing on the wall ha has been on the wall, I should say, for some time now with, you know, the, the uh, small uh, uh, resources index peaking, the, uh, you know, market getting a bit red hot, commodity prices getting a bit carried away. So we took the opportunity. and we, we didn't go hard enough and we're no heroes. It was pretty... Uh, pretty clear, but we took the position that we were going to increase our cash and we're going to increase the quality of our investments into more liquid orientated investments. So we've, we've been able to do that and in doing so, just limit the hurt on the downside that we've experienced. So we're now in a position where we, we, we've got cash, but uh, uh, to, to uh, take advantage of a depressed market. And we've, we're also holding a lot of liquid stocks, which we can convert to cash at any time. I'm sort of of the view that the rally we're having at the moment will prove to be a bit of a sucker's rally. Uh, 
and you know there's going to be more of a shit storm to hit so we're going to have plenty of opportunity to buy good quality stocks at discounted prices we're going through a little bit of a positive phase at the moment but you know i i still think there's you know that much negative data to come out and and it'll take a while to sort itself out but um we reckon there's going to be plenty of good buying opportunities who's uh and now who do people just rock up with a bloody atm card and chuck some money in like what's it what's we, it go we, who we are you targeting cash. <laughs> preferably cash <laughs> travels trips <laughs> western union money transfer one of those ones no. eBay we're, we're, crypto we're big on crypto yeah. <laughs> we're a publicly unlisted company and we do we did a placement when andy joined a year and a half ago so it's via placements you've got to be a wholesale investor to be an investor in precision and we probably will raise more money in the second half of this year. So there'll be an opportunity for all your listeners that are wholesale to, uh, to uh, potentially participate. Yeah, how do so you become wholesale? You've got to make a little bit of brass. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty simple, though. All you've got to show is that you've earned a uh, gross income of 250000 for two consecutive years yeah. or, or have net assets of two, two and a half. Two and a half, yeah. Yeah. Oh, two and a half So million. for you, Matt, yeah. it's like half a year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially if I'm getting a few cuts away. <laughs> <laughs> one, one shift and you're done. <laughs> Just got to revalue me. Oh, bloody sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, there you go. Well, there's your bloody marketing for the week. Yeah. Too, yeah. Away. Thanks very much. Thanks yeah. for turning up, TK. Bloody Pleasure, great mate. to have you on, mate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Always yeah. had that fourth microphone in yeah. your bag. Just, for action. just, just in case. I'll have a white safari set on yeah. next time, ready to break into song. <laughs> what do you mean you've got it on? <laughs> <laughs> right, oh, I hope it recorded. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, <laughs> Thanks, mate.